to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Here's your host, Steve Hudgens. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Steve, your host. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This podcast is about how to be a better you. Sometimes we interview a variety of people to help you to look at things from a different perspective. Sometimes I talk with my co-host, Keith Brown, who is a Marine veteran and theologian. Together with a therapeutic view or a theologian point of view, we try to give you fresh ideas how to look at things in a different perspective. Today, we're going to talk about reactivity. So, Keith, when we talk about reactivity, what does that word mean to you, being reactive? That means I'm being probably stimulated in an unproductive manner towards somebody that I have a close relationship with, and it's not going too well. (laughs) So, as military people, are we reactive when it comes to war? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) That's a trick question. That is. uh, yeah, so I, I'll tell you this, uh, answering that, if we're reactive in a, a situation that would be kind of like war and we're reactive, that's probably not going to end well for anybody. I, ironically, is you actually need to be very thoughtful about war. So Now, now are, you, are, are you talking about a physical war or are you talking about our marriages uh, between a husband and wife that become a war because we become reactive between each other? So in a, if you're in a physical war, like nations, they have to be like very thoughtful in the marriage. You definitely need to be not reactive. You need to be thoughtful because I think one of your goals, especially since I think we've, you know, one of the things we've talked about before is about men leading. And if a man's going to lead in a difficult situation, difficult moment with his wife or his children or his family, he, he doesn't have the luxury to be reactive and yet that's often one of the first places that we go and we need to rethink that got a lot of men out there with good hearts and they love their families but we haven't been equipped on how to love and how to lead and so we need to move from being reactive to being thoughtful and and considerate uh, of the people and the situation that we find ourselves in you know part of that keith is that men need to learn how to respect their self because when a man respects himself, he doesn't need respect because when a man respects himself, he knows how to manage those boundaries. He knows how not to be reactive. He knows how to be composed and not take things personally. And when you think about reactivity, that's what happens we become reactive to a situation because sometimes things are taken personally. And when we become reactive, we do things that are not healthy in behaviors. So when you think about being reactive, it's, it's hazardous to relationships because sometimes you wind up blaming each other for your troubles and you're giving up control on your life. And one of the things I talk about in therapy with whether it's individuals or couples, I talk about, are you living a life that's controlling and being reactive? 
or are you leading a life that is managing with intent and purpose? Mm. You know, you mentioned um, there's this there's this part about when you're reactive, you can become judgmental to that to your spouse, to your child, to your neighbor, what, whatever the case. There's an interesting thing that happens that we don't see in the other person, but we see it in ourselves when we go to the restroom and we're looking in the mirror, a lot of times we will react to ourselves. We, we know that we didn't treat our wife. We didn't know that we treated our family, our children, our neighbor from a thoughtful point of view. We were reactive. We will then oftentimes outside of the view of other people, go into the restroom and look in the mirror and almost we'll definitely judge ourselves, find ourselves falling short. We'll be very harsh, very short on ourselves. If we're harsh and short towards our wife, our children and other people, we will in maybe in a dark, quiet place, treat ourselves the same way. And matter of fact, I would say that we were treating ourselves that way to begin with and then that reactive, that active agent, that reactive agent that we reveal in front of our spouse and our family, our children and our neighbors is really a reflection of how we truly treat our own selves. So you were right in the sense that if we want honor and dignity and respect and we want people to show that to us, we need to first show that to ourselves and show that to others before we can expect anyone to show that back to us. We have to be the first ones. And that's part of being a man. And that's part of leadership. And we have to lead ourselves. Well, in a therapeutic standpoint, Keith, when, when we think about respect, it's, it's what I call building healthy boundaries. You know, healthy boundaries, when I talk to my clients, it protects your sense of identity. Yes. Because you're not allowing the other person to cross that emotional boundary to strategically manipulate you, so to speak. You are able to set healthy boundaries. Now, some people think by ghosting or doing the silent treatment is part of controlling the relationship. Well, it is. What, what's so interesting when we become reactive in a relationship, we don't want to deal with conflict. And so when we deal with conflict, we shut down or we provide the silent treatment. Now, what, what's interesting is that Dr. Kipling Williams, who is a professor of psychology at Purdue University, studied ostracism for 20 years. And he explains that excluding and ignoring people, such as giving the cold shoulder or silent treatment, are used to punish or manipulate people, and they don't realize their emotional, physical harm is being done. In fact, the study continued to show out of 14,000 participants that the silent treatment is like going through a car wreck and having a concussion. Or and, probably worse. Right. So when you think about uh, sometimes partners get locked into this pattern because of what's happening on the inside of the silent uh, inner child that's screaming now because we hit these little landmines that, that pop up. And so we become reactive in our, um, in our relationships that doesn't become very healthy. 
And so it is a form of emotional abuse. A lot of people don't realize that it's a form of control. And when we become reactive, the silent treatment does a couple of things. It's avoidance, uh, because some people don't know how to handle conflict. It's communication. They use silent treatment because they don't know how to express their feelings. And they'll justify it by, well, you're not listening. And so that's being reactive. And so they use a silent treatment as punishment. So if a person uses silence to punish someone, it's really to a form of exerting control or power. And again, what is that doing? It's being reactive. So what do you think from a theologian perspective when it comes down to treating people? What about being reactive? We, we seem to live in a society that's reactive. What, what are your thoughts? The good book says, consider others better than yourselves. And uh, so there's no greater love, you know, than one would give his life uh, for another, you know, and there's, there's different ways of giving your life. Uh, you can, there's a freight train coming and somebody doesn't see it and you push them out of the way and the train takes you out instead of them, you gave your life for them. But there's another way of giving your life to others. And that is where you're considerate of the relationship that you have and you want to maintain and grow and nurture that relationship in a way that blesses others in the family and others in the community. So you think more highly of others than you do of yourself. And then the idea is that that's going to multiply because you're setting a good example. So rather than being reactive, we want to be contemplative. Uh, we want to be thoughtful. We want to be kind. We want to be considerate. We want to be someone who is I, one of the words that comes to my mind, and it's not a word that comes to the mind of men very often, but it's an important one, is we want to be nurturing rather than reactive. And that is a tall challenge for us to learn how to be nurturing rather than reactive. Reactive is being, uh, is a, there's a natural inclination towards being reactive and it's almost has a sense of urgency and immediacy with it where nurturing is taking your time and you're listening, you're being considerate, you're being patient. And it's the story, there's a saying that says, if you want to go fast, you have to learn how to go slow. And so that, thought would find a good place in our heart right now. I, I think when it comes down to relationships, one of the things that we're not very good at is validation. Oh, yes. You know, it, yes. It, it's validating one another's feelings, whether they're right or wrong. But perception is reality. When Steve, I talk about... But Steve, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before I can validate my wife or my child i have first have to exhibit patience to listen to them and i and i think boy i am so impatient i want to get this done and i want to get it done now and by golly if it doesn't get done right now somebody's in trouble and so in my rush to accomplish what's in my mind or in my heart i can't even approach validating anyone because i'm only concerned about accomplishing the immediate, the immediate objective, and my wife is precluding my progress. 
And so I become reactive. There is no way I'm even, I can even begin to validate who and where she is at the moment because I'm so tied up in accomplishing my goal, my task. And you know, she's I, preventing me from doing it. You, you hit the nail on the head that we, we often forget here is the differences between men and women. Women are very social creatures. They need that social interaction, that need that emotional tie. But a man doesn't have time to sit down and listen. He's got I a got mission. It, my need is to get it fixed and fix it now. Right. And so when there's that interruption of, of something, you have a honeydew or can we talk? men kind of get exasperated a little bit and they don't know how to talk or communicate sometimes. And so for relationships, the way I describe it is, uh, I think I talked a little bit on a prior podcast, but let's do it again. When I talk to couples, I use an illustration of a bottle of water. It's half empty. And I say, I put it on my knee and I say, look, what do you see? A bottle and water is moving. I said, I'm not trying to be derogatory, but this is the only way I can explain a relationship. Women are like liquid. They're emotionally everywhere. That's why we have Hallmark commercials. We have emotions to move them. And sometimes when the hormones kick in and it's stress of life that's there, they become reactive on their emotion. But typically, women act on emotion. Men, on the other hand, should act on process of thought. It's when they become reactive to the woman that makes things unstable. So, for example, it's like the K-Man days, for example. It's a man seeing a saber-toothed tiger. He gets all scared, runs in the cave, and hides behind her skirt. Well, she's going to get angry and bop him on the head and go take care of the tiger. She doesn't like that mode because she doesn't feel safe or secure. But when a man is stable and go, even though he may be scared on the inside, he doesn't expose that. He goes out and takes care of what he needs to, comes back in, and she feels safe and secure. It's when we become uh, in a relationship, either side, we take things personally and we become reactive, that's when things in relationship become explosive. I think the, the man, when the man is reactive to uh, the woman, things can certainly, I mean, that's what you're doing is you're being reactive. That usually ends up being something somewhat explosive. But it's not always just the woman. Sometimes it's a situation and then the woman is caught up in that situation. So it's, it's a lot better for us as men. And, and I would say, hey, hey, guys, all of us want to be a strong man. I, I don't know of any man that would say, I don't want to be a strong man. So I think if you want to be a strong man, you're going to have to slow down a little bit. You're going to have to be thoughtful and not be reactive. That's going to take, I would say, probably some accountability one man to another as we learn how to mentor each other and to mature each other to grow to be kind of men i don't know that i can be the man that i want to be completely on my own i need another good man to help keep me accountable 
that can see me from the outside and help me make wise decisions. And, and, and then I have to return the favor to the, to the other man. And that way, hopefully, we'll be less reactive and we'll be more mature. What do you think, Steve? You know, you, you touched on a good point. I, I call it wingman. Uh, in, in, in one night in, in uh, a men's study group at church, we, we talked about that. That to me, that I made the comment that men need to be wingman to each other. The, the problem is, is that women are very good about this. They have a social network that they can go to and vent, and they know which friends to talk to, et cetera. The issue is men don't do that. We talk about sports. We talk about our work. We talk about other things. But we don't get down to the point of, hey, Keith, I see that you're struggling in your marriage. What's going on, man? We, 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 we don't get involved because we see it. We, well, we've been taught by our society and growing up that any expression, any expression from man is a sign of weakness. When instead, when a man is silent and acts on a motion of anger, that's the sign of weakness. A sign of strength is having the courage to talk about what's going on in the inside so that he doesn't become reactive. But when we look at society, it's not just a man or a woman relationship. It's a man, a man, or a woman to woman, or, or, or whatever. We become reactive to each other because we are taking things too personal. And we become reactive. You know, why? The, you got to ask the question, though, Steve, why, why are we taking things so personal? And I would hedge a bet it's not because of the immediate situation. I want to challenge that question for a second. I've been trying to stop using the question, why? And the reason, if you really think about it, the why question, why did you do that? Well, why this? It's so easy to explain with a lie, blame, or excuse, or even, I don't know. Ask a kid, why did you do that? You're going to get that four things. I don't know. Lie, blame, or excuse. Because the, the question becomes judgmental. Mm -hmm. If we change it to a cognitive ability of thinking, what causes us to be reactionary to one another? And the one thing I have to say, it's fear. Is fear of rejection? Is fear of abandonment? It's fear of being validated or acknowledged? Because you think about where does fear stem from? It stems from that childhood of imprinting and conditioning through all along our childhood. Now, I'm not saying our parents. There's education that comes involved. As children, we learn how to use social skills in school. And that was disrupted when we had COVID. And so now we have much more of a, a different mess of anxiety that we can go down that rabbit hole, but we're not gonna do that for this segment. But what causes us to be reactive? And sometimes our focus is on something we don't have. It's something we don't have and or, and this is very similar, but slightly different, something we haven't received that was almost an essential ingredient so that you don't end up with a cake half-baked. 
something is missing and that makes us feel threatened. And that key ingredient, because we need to wrap it up here shortly, is the fact that key agreement that's missing is validation. When we don't validate one another, our little child hurts, screams, becomes reactive. There is no impulse control. We become very impulsive because we're hurt. Now we're in the fight, flight, freeze moment of our brain, and we're not stopping to think of the cognitive ability here. I want to be heard. We don't, mm -hmm. right. We don't stop to validate one another's feelings, whether they're right or wrong. And, and, and to prove this point, they're, they're finding in Alzheimer's patients that when we discount what they're saying, they become more irritable. For example, let's say a lady lost her husband 10 years. She comes out and says, oh, I'm dressed up to go for a dance. I'm waiting on my husband to come pick me up. And if a tech or a nurse confronts that, oh, go back to your room, your husband's been dead. She becomes so irritable. But if we validate those feelings, hey, you look great tonight. Go have a seat. Hope things turn out well for you. The Alzheimer's mm -hmm. patient is able to acknowledge what's going on and realizes, hey, if we just validate one another's feelings to listen, then we can have a productive society that can see each other's point of view and be okay with it. Same thing with relationship. Relationships can thrive when there's validation. When there's validation, it lessens the reactivity and the irritability of one another. What do you think? I think validation is far, far more important than what we often give it credit for. And um, what I think what we're really longing for is that when somebody is being, um, what's the word, when they're being pushed to the side and not the communication's broken, what's that word? Yeah, ostracized. Well, that, but uh, talking about the word on the, like on uh, texting, we ignore Oh, each ghosting. Other. Yeah, ghosting. When we're ghosting each other, we're doing, we're, we're unvalidating. Um, and so what, what we need to do, and both sides of the party uh, need to understand this, is that we need to have the courage to go through the conflict, because if we have the courage to go through the conflict in an honorable way, we end up even working through difficult and incredibly difficult times. If we spend the time with each other, you spend the time with me, I spend the time with you to work through something incredibly difficult, we get validated. Not that we solved the problem, but that we cared enough to interact with each other. You're absolutely correct that when we validate, we can work together. It's about learning how to set aside our inner child hurts being able to be humble, set aside pride, and just listen to the other person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've got great conversations with people who are agnostic or atheist. I have great conversations. And I walk away learning a lot more because I chose to listen. I chose to validate their feelings. 
So Keith, we're gonna I, have to jump into this again. Yeah, we will. And so we'll we'll have to learn how do we validate one of those feelings, and maybe that's a podcast we can do next week. Keith, thank you for being on the show. And uh, hey, brother, God bless. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, be safe and be kind. Thank you.